yo yo hello hello welcome to episode 79 of michigan brews uh i am the only host tonight uh this is brian uh but i do have a dear friend uh brandon edwards with me tonight who is also going to be going to homebrew con with me so uh everybody say hi to brandon cheers cheers man <laughs> what you got going on tonight what you what you drinking somehow i still have a little bit left of that cold ipa made with sabro and stuff so i'm drinking a little bit of that it still tastes pretty good how much how much of that you got left you know, I didn't do my official keg lift to try to determine, but I would rather <laughs> just from filling less than a gallon for sure. You uh, you didn't feel like buying a Play-Doh keg scale after our uh, amazing in-depth conversation about it last no, I like just being surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing like pouring like the last little bit of a clear beer and having it look like a New England IPA or something. Yeah, start sounding like you're slurping the bottom of a slushy <laughs> or something in there. <laughs> it's, it's got a it's 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 uh it's when you start getting that texture from the beer that you know you're really missing from all your other pints. It really really pulls it all together. Yeah, I'm uh speaking of like hazy, dirty, gumpy yeah. beers. Uh, drinking a Galaxy Michigan Copper New England IPA. I've got about nice. half a keg of this left. It's pretty nice. tasty, man. What uh everybody in chat, thanks for uh, joining us. What are you what are you all drinking tonight? I gotta open up the comments here. Jason usually does so much of the the prep work and the behind the scenes work of like getting the show started and stuff like that, that I'm, I'm all. He is actually doing things like behind that. the scenes. All right. I know. I know. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So, uh, homebrew con is in two days, kind of three days. Technically we'll be there on Wednesday. Um, Wednesday is going to be the first day that we can actually officially check in. Um, so what what do you what do you know about HomebrewCon? Like what uh, have you been to a HomebrewCon before? I have not. This will okay. be my first, and that's kind of I I remember I wasn't homebrewing when they were in what was it Grand Rapids? Um, I had homebrewed before, and I knew it was here, and I was like, oh, if I was homebrewing, that'd be sweet to go to. And then I just never did, and then COVID hit when I was you know heavy into brewing, and you know then I was mulling around when I was going to actually go to one because it is something it's on my list of things to do that are brewing related. And uh, I know I mentioned to you and Jason that, you know, I was considering going to one of them at some point, not necessarily this year. And you guys said you were going and I was like, Oh shoot, that's probably a good, good time to go. Split decision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm in your exact boat. Uh, I think I started homebrewing the year after uh, they were in Grand Rapids. Um, and Brandon and I are, are in Kalamazoo. So it's about an hour away from us. That would have been an amazing trip. But uh, yeah, this will be my first homebrew con too. So I guess uh, we both get to talk about what we're what we're expecting uh, tonight a little bit. And everybody, if anybody else in chat is going, or if you guys have questions, let us know. Uh, Tim is in chat. He says Logger Boys. We got Woo! we got I don't know two two fifths of the Logger Boys here. Uh, something <laughs> like that. Tim, uh, I don't know if I told you, but Saturday I brewed a, another batch of Eagle Juice, so I got that Ooh. I got that fermenting right now. Did you, did you keep it legit with the extract? I did. Yeah. I uh, The last time I bought extract, I bought double just so I could, you know, get that free shipping and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> our, our local shop didn't have any rice syrup salad, so I had to, to get some stuff online. Uh, yeah, six pounds of uh, pills and DME and uh, four 
pounds of rice syrup solids is what I ordered. Okay. And some 3470. Saz hops. Ryan <laughs> says, what is Eagle Juice? So uh, the speaking of uh, HomebrewCon and National Homebrew Competition and stuff like that, the uh, winning American lager from the National Homebrew Competition last year was... Uh, it's it's either it's canoe chuck or chuck canoe or something like that uh, american lager it was a uh, all extract batch and it took first place over something like 100 105 entries uh it's made with uh it's for a five gallon batch three pounds of uh, pilsen dry malt extract two pounds of rice syrup solids uh, about 11 ibus of size right at 60. uh it's just like a two hour boil day because you're not mashing. Uh, so you're just throwing everything together, boiling it, chilling it, and uh, pitching some 3470. Uh, fermenting cool, but you probably can ferment warm. 3470 is, uh, like you know, Brandon, very forgiving. Mm. Uh, might do that next time. We'll see. Uh, but then, yeah, crash it and lager it, and you got yourself a delicious American lager. I think this thing will turn out to be like, four percent or something like that it starts at uh i think my og was 1038 this round okay. uh, yeah yeah not bad yeah okay. tim tim says canoe chuck so thanks for that okay and tim's tim's actually doing the same recipe this weekend but it's gonna be called freedom fuel so yeah absolutely and and he's doing uh 65 under some pressure so yeah I, I haven't done a pressure fermentation in a while i used to have a uh, a plastic fermenter that could do pressure and i don't remember what it was called i think it might be something similar to what you used tim but it was the older version of it that had more of like a upside down teardrop shape uh, fast ferment maybe is that it uh, or something okay. i don't remember it did have a uh, uh a top draw thing that you could use so you could do uh, pressure transfers with it and stuff but it just never worked well for me. Uh, I think I ended up giving it away, but uh, it was a sweet little device. I hope yours is working awesome. Just cuck here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what is HomebrewCon? Uh, I, I, I think we were talking about that before I got uh, caught off track, but um, a, essentially it's it sort of, so it's like Comic Con, but for uh, fat old beer drinkers, uh, basically. So you're not dressing up. In fact, you're probably dressed down. Um, and everybody is uh, probably far more inebriated than they would be at a comic book <laughs> convention. Uh, there's lots of beer being shared around. Uh, there's different panels, just like there are at uh, a lot of other conventions, except instead of hanging out with like you know, the people that played the Power Rangers, you're hanging out with the people that wrote, like, books on hops, like Stan Hieronymus or something like that. So. Yeah. Which Power Rangers? <laughs> like, uh, one of the murdering ones, or... Were there murdering Power Rangers? What happened? Yeah, there's at least one in prison for murder, yes. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> like, of the original five? Uh, I'd have to look it up, but yeah, I remember watching... There's this, uh, you, they go off, off, off topic already... Um, <laughs> there's this guy I used to watch on YouTube. His name's Mr. Ballin, and he does like these narrations of horror and murder and like one of his 
like stories that be narrated. He basically just researches it and then does like a YouTube on it and uses some photos and stuff. It does a good job putting it together. But yeah, this guy, one of the Power Rangers, I had to look up to see which one. He huh. kidnapped this family, brought them out on their boat and tied them to the anchor and threw the anchor off the boat. Like a giant oh my anchor. God, yes, why have I never heard about this before? <laughs> yeah. there's, there's there's a documentary on it? I mean, it's it's like a it's a YouTuber who does, he makes yeah. like, he researches different crime and horror topics and does a good job of narrating. Um, yeah, if, if you like that kind of stuff, like just listening to a story, you know, oh kind of like an audio book, but with a few pictures and descriptions and stuff like that, you know, it's it's pretty entertaining. Someone <laughs> someone in chat find out who that was. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm with you, Ron, as long as it wasn't the, the White Power Ranger. What a... <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa. <laughs> You no, can't say those two words. It happened in the show first. It's fine. What a his real name? I don't remember his real name. the The Red Power Ranger's real name was Jason, and then Jason <laughs> was the White slash Green Razor. But but I don't remember what his name is. Oh, Tim's saying it was from a later series. So oh, okay. All right. As you say, even this this one I found is even a different one. So there's been multiple murders related <laughs> wow, to Power Rangers. <laughs> Well, I know what I'm doing after the show tonight, so uh, thanks for that. Hey, what's going on, Matt? Thank you, uh, thank you for showing up. You just missed uh, missed the first uh, talk about how Power Rangers are apparently murdering uh, people. So, I don't, yeah, somebody find out who that was. Tom, oh yeah, you're right, Tim. Tommy was the the Green and White Ranger. Jason. So that's so Jason is the real name of Tommy, and then. Jason was the name of the Red Ranger in the show, but I don't remember his name. Okay. The the White Green Ranger, he got all like tatted up and stuff like that after the show ended. He's like an he was an MMA fighter for a while or something. All right. I don't know. I, I don't know. But yeah, uh, Homer Con again, uh, uh, Comic Con for uh, beer nerds. So um, there's going to be a ton of panels happening. There's going to be a ton of meetups. Milk the Funk is doing a meetup at a brewery out there on Thursday or Friday. Um, there's a club night where uh, clubs can rent out some space and serve beer. Uh, there's a kickoff party and a knockout party. Uh, and I think I counted something like 46 seminars that you can attend over the course of the uh, mm-hmm. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, plus all the, the breweries out there that you know want your attention afterwards. I think that like mm-hmm. most of the things end up ending each day around like i don't know nine or something like that they don't go too late so uh, i'm sure uh, i'm sure we'll end up at some breweries out there and stuff like that but have you have you taken a look at any of the the seminars that you want to attend or anything like that yeah a little bit um i think i I looked i looked right away when it first signing up to try to get a good good idea and jotted a couple things down but i was just looking at them before the show here and uh i will say just because I like to find something to complain about here. <laughs> there are too many good ones at the same time. So, so like that, it, that does kind of irk me a little bit. I wish there were more time slots, but I guess there's only so much time in the day. I, but, uh, I never felt too conflicted. What were you, what were you looking at? I guess I, I mean, you, I, you I consider said, good things different than me. <laughs> yeah. Admittedly, like I just kind of want to go to all of the things. So yeah, like yeah, when okay. I look at them, I'm just kind of like, geez, now I gotta, I gotta pick between these. I think the hardest, like, uh, some of some of the hardest things i'll eliminate some of them, like we we're talking before the show like 
I probably won't go to some of the hop related things because those are things I, you know, research on my own. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't say research. I read other people's research on my own. <laughs> and uh, so like those, I'm, I'm less worried about finding new information because I usually feel like I'm a little bit at least ahead of the curve on that. So I'll probably pick things like uh, medieval Gruet because I've never made one, Same. you know, yeah. um, I think I picked another one I jotted down here was the high gravity stuff for the afternoon on Thursday. Um, just cause I don't make a ton of high gravity beers. So, you know, it's pro techniques for home brewers. So that sounded kind of interesting. Oh, like I missed that on one. Thursday. And then there was a brewing with ancient grains as well on Thursday. There's just some things like I figured I'll, if I have to kind of eliminate something, I'll pick something that I'm less familiar with so I can feel like I'm learning something. You picked all like the cool ones that I know nothing about, but for some reason didn't choose to go to, I don't know why I'm like, I'll have to look through these because I made myself a schedule and uh, a lot of these, like I know some things about, but I don't know, maybe I'll have to reevaluate my schedule a little bit. I'm, um, I'm definitely going to the blending sour beer one. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm going to toot my nice. own horn here a little bit. Last year I took a silver at NHC for one of my, my blended sours. So uh, hoping, hoping to take another medal there this year. We'll see. I have a couple sours in, but yeah. Um, what a, what uh, types did you enter in NHC this year? Oh, man. Yeah, so that's another thing that's going on out there. Saturday <laughs> at 2 uh, is the National Awards, or the National Homebrew Competition Awards. Um, I've got two sours, uh, one from this year, one from last year. The one from last year is not the one that took a medal. So uh, it's similar, but it's made with uh, Balatan cherries, and the other is made with raspberries except the one with raspberries I actually stabilized before adding the raspberries. So none of the raspberry re-fermented. Okay. Um, it's very, very raspberry punchy uh, and good. I really kicked up the carbonation. So the only fault, and it's not really a fault, but I don't know, some, we'll see what they say. It's not complex. It's definitely more complex than a kettle sour, but it doesn't have this like crazy bouquet of, you know, horse blanket and hay and, you know, other random things. It's, it's like no funk. It, it's, it's a, there's a little funk and a good amount of tartness and punchy strawberry, uh, raspberry. So okay. we'll see. Uh, it depends on how much they like fruit, I guess. But, uh, no, Tim, Tim says we have permission to accept his medals. All Tim, how many do you enter? Like five? I'll, I'll take all your, all five of your medals, man. I'll, I'll make sure to get them. I'm going to bring a picture of you and take it up on stage and be like, <laughs> this is, this is the guy I'm just getting his medal. So I'll hang it on your picture and just make a mask out of it and walk up. Yeah. There. Yeah. Two. Okay. Uh, what'd you enter Tim? So I know what to listen for, but, uh, the two sours, I entered a pale ale, which I really liked. Uh, I think it was like a mosaic and citra pale ale. Um, I was going to enter a stout, but swapped it for the pale ale at the last minute because I liked that more. And then four meads. I have, uh, I, I don't want to go into the meads because um, I'll go into the styles. The mead judging pool is really, really small. Uh, and I know that some of the mead judges that will be judging like the Michigan Mead Cup and Mazer Cup are probably uh, listening to the show or, or at least watch reruns occasionally. Um, so I don't want to put bias into their heads. Yeah, it's not like I can say... Um, 
you know, it, they're, they have very specific ingredients. And when you read the ingredients list, it would probably like click like, oh, yeah, Brian said he was brewing something like that. But um, I entered one in sweet traditional. I entered one in fruit and spice. I entered one in. Um, shoot, what, what all did I enter? Oh, one in experimental and then one in uh, stone fruit, I think. Okay. Yeah, so we'll see how they do. I would love to win an NFC Mead medal. Um, the chances, I think, are a little bit higher this year. So I don't know. Have you followed Mead in the National Homebrew Competition in the last couple of years? I have not. So uh, Mead and NHC was only four categories. It was traditional, fruit, spice, and experimental, <laughs> I think, or something very close to that. Okay. Uh, this year, they've actually broken it out into all of the subcategories, like how most mead competitions work. So traditionals will be dry traditional, medium traditional, sweet traditional. Um, there will be stone fruit separate from like melomel, separate from piment. Um, so I think all of those are getting their own medals this year, which means that um, all of the people that entered mead... Uh, the category is since they're being broken out more, there's less entries into each category, which makes yeah. your chances of getting a medal a little bit higher. Yeah, and it just um, makes that just better. Like it, I mean, I just feel like having a traditional dry meat against a you know sweet traditional meat. Oh no, it doesn't like, make any sense. Probably he's going to have some palate issues there. <laughs> I, I'd have to go back and look, but it, it'd really surprise me if uh, a dry traditional wins. Yeah, um, I, I'd I'd be. One, they're really hard to do, but maybe that gets them bonus points if it's done really well. But right. two, they just don't taste super great. I mean, you need to really, really be good about it. Like, add just the slightest hint of sweetness back in to make it taste like anything. Uh, have you tasted just straight up dry fermented, like, mead? Yeah, I've tried making a couple. Like, even those, though, like... The ones that I actually liked, I had to add spices to, like vanilla yeah. or something, you know, just to make it a little something extra. But yeah, just just a dry traditional mead is I'll, I, with with just mostly just tasting other people's. I just find those difficult to drink, which reminds me, I should bring. I have some, uh, which I've meant to bring them to other things too. Some sour meads and other meads from. Oh man, what is it like? I only know of them from what is it? There's Ricky the Mead Maker. Is their Mead Maker Grownfell or whatever? And Havoc Mead, I think, is there. Oh, um, okay. They're, they're interesting. They're not quite my bag, hence why I still have some of them because they're some dry ones and some sour ones that are, they're not bad. They're just hard to drink a lot of. Okay. Yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah. So I mean to bring some of those to try and maybe I'll remember to throw some uh, when you, when, when I see you on uh, Wednesday. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Break, bring them up to NHC or something. Yeah. Crack them up there. I mean, there's going to be a lot of bottle shares and other random stuff. I mean, who knows? Are they carbonated or strong? Like what, what's like the ABV Ooh. and stuff? I don't believe like any of them are super strong. Um, I do think they're more like uh, they're low, lower ABV for me. And I want to say they're like between six and nine. Nine percent ABV, and then like, I think most of them are carbonated from my memory. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I might Ziploc bag the sour ones just to be safe, just because you never know. Like if they uh, stop fermentation completely and they're you know, whatever. 
<laughs> you, you haven't moved it from a shelf in two years. It's, they've been just sitting. They're in my. They're in my garage fridge. They've okay. been sitting there for the last about two years. <laughs> we'll. Uh, I think we'll we'll put together a cooler uh, to bring okay. stuff up with. Uh, I'm bringing some snacks for the car ride and stuff. It's only for some reason I was thinking it was going to be like an eight hour car ride, and it's only something closer to like five and a half. I think so. Okay, I was picturing uh, around six. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know why I had it in my head, but yeah, it'll be okay. So yeah, blending blending sour beers. Uh, there was there was one that was conflicting with another one that I I wanted to go and check out, and I don't remember what the other one is, but uh, mm. one of them I'm going to check out is the evaluation of five lager yeast strains on a Munich Hellas recipe. Yep, I, that one I was thinking of adding to mine as well. I think that'll be that'll be really cool. I, I like those. Um, sort of experiments. Uh, I like Hellas Loggers uh, or Hellas is Logger? Hellas is Logger. Yes. Um, for some reason, I, I think Kolsch when I think that for some reason. But um, and then <laughs> the, the importance of yeast choice to brew trendy beer styles because that's just who I am as a brewer, <laughs> is brewing like trendy shit. So I want to. I want to see what it takes to brew like a good, like Italian grape ale or something. Yeah, I think so. I think they're going to be talking about that. I've never done one, and I've never tasted one, so uh, something like that could be fun. But uh, any any presentation that is most likely going to have free beer, uh, I'll I'll probably check out. Not that you know there won't be tons and tons of beer flowing anyway, but. Yeah, oh, it'll, it'll be good. Um, Thursday is the the milk the funk meetup. Meetup. Um, have you? I don't. I think it might be bootleg biology that puts this out. But have you ever heard of the uh, milk the funk meetup blend from bootleg biology? I have heard of some of their blends, but yeah, I haven't used them or anything or obtained them. So in previous years, what they have done. Uh, uh, milk the funk meetups is they take the dregs from everybody's open bottle and they mix it together and take it home uh this it, i think it's i think it's bootleg i don't think it's a scarment but so bootleg will take this back to their uh their production facility and they will quote unquote step this up into a blend and it's just this like monstrosity of the dregs of every open bottle that was left at the end of the night and uh, and then they package it up and sell it out and i i definitely have used it but i don't have any notes as to which beer it is downstairs that i made with it so i'm gonna have to go and maybe do a little bit of investigative work um huh. Do they keep track at all of like what what no, bottles they put in there? Absolutely not. Okay. Yeah. No, <laughs> uh, oh, so man. I'm going to bring some speciation stuff. I want to make sure that we have some uh, some local love to to pour into the, uh, uh, the mix this year. Their their particular I don't know bugs uh, are very <laughs> good. I, I really like speciation beers. So hopefully uh, hopefully they dominate. We'll see take over any like jester king stuff that's a little bit more on the the farmhouse side of things you know you could just save the dregs for yourself 
That's what I usually do. <laughs> okay. I, 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 have, I have a lot of speciation. So all of my sour beers, for the most part, except like some of the, you know, boutique blends or whatever that I've gotten from bootleg are me just dumping speciation bottles into uh, into my beer. Uh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll save the little last little bit of gunk and dump it into a, a beer and come back to it a year later. And for the most part, I've never had a, a sour that I've wanted to dump. Um, the one that I blended last year for NHC uh, was a, it was supposed to be a Flanders red, but it was so mm. not bad, but so pungent. Like, like you smell it and you taste it and it's just uh, this funky, not quite like buttery, but like beyond horseshoe and horse blanket and stuff like that just like overpoweringly deep intense like flavor and i'm like this is too much like there's no way i could drink even a four ounce glass of this but blended uh one to four in a five uh, gallon batch adds just the right amount of complexity and added some color that then mixed really well with the cherries that i put in it and uh, that was great. So I need to I need to start doing stuff like that again, and that's part of why I'm I'm really kind of excited to look at this you know blending presentation to see how they do it because I don't I don't really know. I have a bunch of my beer in in kegs right now, and I figure I'll just blend by weight to taste. But um, shoot, that reminds me, I haven't even I have a that a kind of Flanders red or Oud Brune um, that I pitched some uh, Rosalaire into. Oh little over two months now i haven't even looked at it since i i put it in the carboy and just uh it pitched that and uh just put a put a hoodie over it <laughs> it's just been sitting there that's so, how you do it man yeah this is like I'll, this way i'll forget about it for a while hey i forgot about it for two months basically so go make sure your <laughs> airlock's fun. topped up and uh we'll see if it was a good idea or not but i switched it over to like one of those uh airless one or waterless yeah. ones yeah so yeah. i know i think uh Brian Vleer said he uses those for his long-term stuff sometimes. So I was like, yeah, I'd give one of those a try. It seems like a good idea. That way I don't have to worry about forgetting. <laughs> yeah. Let me know how that goes. Uh, mm. That would definitely be a really good idea. Did you turn in anything to NHC this year? Nope. I did the same thing I did last year where I signed up, like I think two, and then I got the one free entry at least. But oh, right. uh, I don't know. I just, by the time it was time to ship stuff, I think I the only beers I had ready were ones that had entered in local competitions that did it okay, but nothing really meddled, so I didn't really feel like spending the shipping. That's fair. Um, yeah. So I kind of wish I had maybe sent one or two things just for, just because we're gonna be there. But yeah, like yeah. otherwise, it's just like, eh, it's not it. But I, I'll survive. You know. Next year, <laughs> I don't know where it's gonna be yet. I don't think they've leaked it. We'll find out uh, in yeah. a couple of days. But... Central it doesn't usually go like East Coast, Central, West Coast. Yep. Yeah. It was going to be in California last year, uh, so it'll be somewhere in the Midwest this year. So hopefully it'll still be close-ish to us. Um, that would be cool if it's within six hours again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a Cleveland or something, or come back to GR. I think every time they ask where we want the 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 con to come back to, I always say Grand Rapids. Yeah. Not that you wouldn't want it in Kalamazoo or anything like that, but like Wing Stadium would be all right. There's a lot of hotels around that area. Um, oh, there's not a whole lot of like rooms for seminars and stuff though maybe so yeah i don't know i have no idea how big this thing's gonna be honestly i i know that 
I have no idea. I've never seen pictures of people wandering around at HomebrewCon. Uh, I don't know. I, I legitimately have no idea how big it's going to be. So um, I'm curious. But like, yeah. you, have you have you scoped out a picture of what the inside of the convention center we're going to looks like at all? No, I mean in my mind, I'm just picturing a big big room with a lot of tables. But I, know I don't know. Yeah. Other than that's not, that's what I'm imagining. But yeah, I don't know. Other than <laughs> other than what I can imagine, so it'll be. Uh, it'll be it'll be good i think we'll have fun no matter what uh, we can uh, we can critique it next week i guess right <laughs> yeah yeah i'm excited to check out some of the breweries that are up there too yeah there was a post on uh on the homebrewing subreddit the other day um i know i know church brewing is up there i've heard uh i've, I've, I've heard like yeah i've been there a couple times so oh, I, oh okay I haven't been to all the breweries because I went there. Uh, it was like, it's a meetup point for uh, me and my wife's family. We used to meet up up there because it's about six hours for us. And it's about six hours from them from Virginia. So like that would be our meetup point is in the Pittsburgh area. So like when we, we went there at least a handful of times and at least a couple of the times we stopped at a few of the breweries. Church is the one that sticks out. Um, I actually was just pulling up a list to kind of get an idea. We only went to a couple though. So um but that's the one I remember because it's hard to forget. It's in an old church. <laughs> oh, is that okay? Well, that makes yeah. sense. So, sort of like a, a vivant. Yeah, but I, I think it's bigger. But yes, okay. otherwise, yes, it is very much uh, similar to that. Oh, I'm sorry if you can hear my loud clicking. Oh, mine, here. mine's. Um, yeah, no, yours, yours is clackier keep than mine. Jeez, keep mechanical yeah. keyboards, yeah. you know. Uh, I'm looking at, I see Hitchhiker, Grist House, Dancing Gnome, Necromancer, and Strange Roots all at the top here. Um, I think I might have went to Grist House, um, but yeah, once I, well, I'd have to see him to be for sure, but definitely Church, because I think we went there at least two times that we were there. So okay. That's memorable. We mostly went there for dinner, but had a couple beers, so yeah. I guess uh, Malcolm from Brewlosophy is the brewer for Hop Farm where the milk the funk meetup is so nice uh, that'll be cool I, I had no idea about that that's that's kind of cool um, yeah. yeah some mentions about church again cinderlands brew gentlemen <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i there's there's a ton so i guess we're gonna be hopefully hopefully the uber situation is pretty good out there but i guess we're gonna be ubering yeah. around a lot oh yeah plus the I don't know, like my memory of just the highways, it's like there's a bunch of raised highways and up and down and all over the place that are hard enough to navigate when you are 100% not drinking anything alcoholic. Yep. So yeah, don't need to add that factor in there. Nope. <laughs> I prefer not to, I don't even like driving in, uh, in Chicago, like yep. sober or Detroit, if I can absolutely help it. Shane and I went to, uh, uh, a show in Detroit last year and it wasn't that bad. Like it was Detroit's kind of like empty and dead right now. Like the traffic was not bad surprisingly, but even then there was like just like curves and ups and downs and all this weird stuff. And I wasn't comfortable with it. I'm a pansy when it comes to that stuff. Well, yeah, I prefer, I prefer the tra I, I get angry enough with the traffic here, you know, Kelmsley Portage area, let alone, uh, when I go to Grand Rapids or Chicago or Detroit. <laughs> so one thing I hear about um, 
homebrew con too that you might want to do is you and, and maybe they'll provide us with one on check-in but you'll want to bring some sort of like backpack maybe okay um because there will be swag ah. uh like anticipate coming home with probably free hops free malt samples free yeast samples especially um, since we're vip people stickers yeah yeah we did get the vip i don't know what that's that's gonna <laughs> entail i guess we'll find that out yeah i don't know i was like if we're going anyway might as well see what that's all about for the the first time we go and then if it sucks we can just cut it out later or something but yeah excuse me i, I when when they said you know and, and i hope I, I didn't read this wrong they said something about like a snack bar or something that you could go into as like a vip i'm like Ooh. all about that Snacks. All I want to do when I drink and I have like a little bit of a buzz is like go and get some pretzels or something <laughs> like it, does, it doesn't have to be amazing. Like just give me like a handful of pretzels that I can go pick up and take out with me, you know, every like 30 minutes or something like that. And I'll. Oh, yeah. My favorite. I mean, pretzels are pretzels are probably my number one. But my favorite part about Shakespeare's is going there and getting the popcorn and, you know, hitting up some beers, getting some popcorn, uh, you know that's uh that that's nice you know yes i'll agree just give me <laughs> give me a handful or two of something salty and 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 it'll it'll be great i need to get down to shakes more often i their beer selection is good and uh, all their food is is really good and uh, they always have beer that i've never had before it's just i don't find myself getting out <laughs> all that much these days it's, i think, think their 19th anniversary party is coming up here is that when they do well. the however many beers never tapped in kalamazoo before i think yep, every year it gets more difficult for him every year yeah, yeah. <laughs> 44 yeah. okay 44 beers let's see what day i know he just posted it here oh the 16th so uh july 16th oh that night. is coming up dang yeah. okay yeah so that's always a good time in my uh mind but it is always busy as crap so yeah kind of depends on what you like <laughs> go during the day a little bit it's probably way busier at night yes and it looks like they're doing it on saturday so like getting there as soon as they open is never a terrible idea yeah i gotta grab another beer because i feel like i'm not participating fully yep go that. for it i actually yeah. just cracked open eight so sometimes i, I <laughs> just package myself a howler it's not a bad and, idea uh, yeah so no you are it. You got the experience, better experience with beer. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> so, Tim said he uh, entered a Keller beer and a fruited sour. Tim, bro, don't don't hate on yourself. You you said you will not win anything. You you will win things. Uh, don't don't hate on yourself like that. I've had that kettle or that Keller beer. And I don't know which which fruited sour was it. I don't even know if you're still watching, but I uh, I would be more than excited to go and pick up a uh, a medal for you i would love for that to be your first look nhc medal uh, i hope i don't know who else is uh, entering nhc from our club this year i think that maybe nate has something in i don't know if jordan has anything in i'll have to i'll have to bug him uh, sometime off the show but yeah well i think it'll be i think it'll be really good uh, let me pour myself a beer here real quick. So this is uh, some of the Oktoberfest. Matt, I don't know if you're still watching, but this is the Oktoberfest that we did at a Big Brew Day. 
cleared up really nice. I don't know if you can see it all that well through the camera, thanks to the you know my my blurriness or whatever. But um, I think I've talked about this on the show before, but we did. <laughs> because because we were going around sharing beer and being very uh, social, we ended up missing the mm-hmm. final bittering hop edition on this Oktoberfest. So it is just the slightest bit too sweet, maybe. Uh, it's not like super cloying or anything like that, but it makes it so that it's not the most go back to drinkable you know sort of beer it's not it's not as refreshing maybe um but i think we hit all the flavor points perfectly i think the color is beautiful uh the head retention is amazing it just it sticks around for forever i poured myself some of this um i think it was early last week and i was eating dinner and i just let it sit in the glass because i wasn't thirsty yet and maybe like half an hour later like the head still looked like this like it's just, just hung around forever. So um, I don't know if it was the Munich or the Pilsner or what. It was a really simple recipe, but uh, yeah, it's it's a it's a damn fine beer. I don't know if I'll enter it into a competition. I still have about a half a keg left, <clears throat> but uh, it's definitely going to be something I'll sip on. If you. Want some, man? If you end up watching this later, let me know. Um, I can ship some out to you. Um, who else went up there? Is me and is it the Rochester? Yeah. Yeah, my I was you, there. Jason. Date. Who was there? Was it just us three? Yeah, I think just the three of us went up okay. there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, I'll bring some for you to Brandon uh, at some point. Have, or have you tried it yet? Did you try it at a homebrew club meeting? Yeah, I had it at one of the meetings. Yes. Okay. Good. Yeah, it's fine. Oh yeah, we I called it a Marisonish or something like that. Nice. <laughs> I grabbed some Vienna Lager. So I was just going to ask. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, how much of that do you have left? I was actually just lifting the keg because it came out. It was crystal clear, and like my pour was not crystal clear. Maybe it's mostly chill haze, I think, though. Did so? You didn't, did you do the lift test on it? Is I did my a... lift test. So like it had at least two gallons in there, okay. so it's it's not uh, it's not gone yet. I actually was planning on entering that in like a state fair and maybe a couple other things, maybe just to get some feedback on it. But yeah, um, that one, I, I like it. So it feels like it needs a little more carb now, also. So I'm wondering if I shook the kegs up when I was. I did just toss in a couple beers yesterday or day before because I kegged up a saison I've had sitting around with uh, in the fermenter, um, and then I uh, oh that that DM DME IPA, um, so that that I kegged up so that that's should be getting close to carved up, um, but that one had a a good amount of. I was actually just going to pull it up just to look at the grain bill, or not grain bill, but hop. Just to look at the hops that I threw in there because I did throw, uh, ooh, I threw some Victorious Vic Secret Amarillo. I, it was, it's a whole bunch of stuff. Vic Secret Amarillo Falconer's Flight. And um, yeah, that's 
mostly that. And I think I threw a little bit of Cascade in, in the Whirlpool as well because I had like just two ounces sitting in my freezer that I was like, oh, let's just throw that in yep. there too. <laughs> What's the reason for going like all dry malt with that one? Well, that was because I got a bunch of that golden light DME from Bell's clearancing out. <laughs> um, so I just like threw... I think I threw like almost about eight pounds worth of DME in there and then steeped some Munich and, and wheat malt and uh, just uh, called that an easy brew day with a bunch of hops. Yeah, I guess you don't really do <clears throat> a lot of yeast starters, so uh, yeah, makes sense. And I used, what was it? Actually, I, I, I didn't probably wasn't the best choice just because I could have better utilized it. But I pitched a star party at a Omega star party, the theolized USO, USO5, theolized Chico strain. Okay. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> used that yet. That's cool. But, so it'll be my first time using that as well. So, Have you tried any samples from the fermenter yet? Or? It's great from the fermenter. Okay. So, but we'll see if I... You know how much I diminished that by not doing a close transfer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, usually that's why I say I didn't fully utilize everything I could have. I didn't use mash hops because I didn't do a real mash. Um, I didn't do uh, a close transfer because I used just one of my regular buckets. And honestly, okay. like I say, most of the time I don't feel like doing them unless I'm if I'm doing an IPA, I'll usually, like I said, if I really want to be really particular, I'll put it in my all rounder and just keep mm-hmm. the pressure in there and just serve it right from there. Um, lazy brewer coming out there. So we'll see if I hurt myself at all with that or, but from the fermenter without being carbonated, excellent. Cool, man. Yeah. I'm looking forward to trying that. Oh, there's, there's nothing wrong with being a lazy brewer. You, you be the kind of brewer that you want to be, man. Like, I think that everybody gets all bent out of shape sometimes about like not brewing the way that other people think they should <laughs> brew and, and beating themselves up or, or other people judging the way that, you know, other people are making beer. Like, you know, if, if somebody doesn't like their beer and wants advice or something, then, you know, ask and, and, and you'll get advice. But like, <laughs> I don't know. Like everybody makes beer for their own reason. Some people just want to get drunk and they don't care what it tastes like. Some people want to do competitions. Some people really love experimentation and do like one gallon batches at a time. Like that's all they want to do. Um, you know, some people want to, uh, you know, make YouTube videos and stuff like that. Um, yep. speaking of, I'm, I'm, uh, we'll, we'll see how this works out. I am going to maybe potentially do a video, on making that all extract American lager. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that turns out. Uh, if, if, if I can even do it, I don't have a lot of <clears throat> artistic talent when it comes to, uh, you know, doing anything with pictures or videos or whatever. So we'll see, but I, I think that I think that I want to do more with Michigan brews than we're doing right now. Not that I don't love these live streams and talking to people and stuff like that, but I don't know. Sometimes if I have free time at night, it's like, why don't, why don't, why don't just take some time and, and make a video and, you know, spend a week or two editing it and, and put it out <laughs> and maybe it'll be helpful for somebody because we're never going to, we're never going to like do that thing with the channel where we, um, 
ask people to join or, or pay whatever to do like a Patreon or anything like that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> if anybody ever asks us to do that, I will say go uh, join Matt Ushman's uh, YouTube channel because he's regularly putting out content and doing a really good job with it. Um, I just don't want to have to be, I feel like I'm beholden to making content on a regular basis. Yeah. So maybe, maybe that's a reason why people like wouldn't watch or, any, or something like that. But I don't know. This is, is just a hobby for us. And, uh, and you know, this is what's fun for us. And I want to, I want to make sure that it stays fun. And I've talked to Jason and Jordan about the same thing and they've been cooking up ideas for things that they want to do themselves too. Uh, for shorter videos that aren't like these live streams. So we'll, we'll see what comes out of it. I still want to document more of like my BJCP certification journey. Um, we're still working on, on getting more of the club, <clears throat> excuse me, more of the club uh, past their, their online certification. So I know you passed, right? Uh, yeah, that's about, to be fair, that's about all I've done. I've been pretty lazy with it too. But, that's yeah. fine. That's, I mean, we need, I think, a minimum of six and a maximum of 10 people committed to okay. wanting to take the tasting exam. So uh, between you and me and Tim Wickland said he's going to commit to taking it. Um, and I know we have others in the, the private Facebook group that we created. Um, we'll still get it. So, yeah, it'll be good. Yeah. Hopefully the chat's still working because I haven't seen anybody post anything since Tim Wickland mentioned his Keller beer and fruited sour, but yeah, it's probably me. I scared people away. We kind of, uh, we kind of went and veered off topic for the homebrew con anyway, but, um, yeah, I think we went over most of what we were going to talk about regarding the seminars and the, the award ceremony and the get togethers and stuff. Um, maybe we'll try to take some video while we're out there. Uh, or at least pictures we'll try to post a little bit as a channel uh, and stuff like that but um yeah what else you got to talk about Ooh. Uh, i don't want to i don't want to kick you off while you still have you know a full beer i feel like that's that's unfair of me to do and and i've got at least this yet so yeah Ooh, i like the i like the title of the the horror of hop creep i yeah, didn't even see that one like one of the one of the last ones from uh the 25th so on uh saturday so what what is hop creep I, i'm gonna challenge you here okay hop creep hop creep is when you go to dry hop your your probably ipa but maybe some other things um and and it restarts uh fermentation because of the enzymes that are in those hops kicking it back off um so like what sometimes it'll happen especially with you know like an english yeast that would be your number one culprit for it, but you know other ones can do it too. Um, kicking out some diacetyl because it referments after you dry hop and getting that nice buttery taste mm, is you mm, know mm. the the worst part that you can probably get from it <laughs> is that ruining your IPA and you know not. So if you dry hop, you might want to keep it uh you know at seventy plus degrees for uh, a few days while you're dry hopping and make sure that fermentation does if it does kick back up maybe. Even if you remove the hops, maybe keep it for a couple more days warm. What a riot, yeah. Yeah. Having, having tried to rush some IPAs myself, even as a not brand new home brewer before, you know, I've, I've hit myself with that hop creep horror, so it can happen. You know, it happens. 
<laughs> there's also the the uh, the horrors of bottle bombs potentially mm. um oh yeah i i think it's something like every one gravity point that you go down so we're talking like from point you know zero zero five to point zero zero four uh adds another half of volume worth of co2 to whatever you are fermenting so if you had hop creep in your ipa and you're like a a bottle brewer or you know even even if you didn't like let your ipa finish off or uh you know whatever reason um if it still had like two more gravity points to go your ipa could potentially be uh have gone from you know 2.5 volumes to like 3.5 volumes you're essentially going from like a, a well carbonated ipa to like a sparkling beer uh that strips away all of that hot flavor because it's just so bubbly on your tongue now um, and it's it's just because it like yeast fermenting sugar puts out that much CO two. Um, it's it's wild, especially you know when it's contained in a bottle and stuff like that, and and mixing back into the liquid. Oh yeah, um, yeah, it, it's pretty crazy. So uh, I don't know anything about hop creep, so that might be a cool thing. I know that when Keepers first started, uh, Bell's was really into researching it. And at that point in time, they were referring to it as the freshening power of hops, um, which you can still find online. I think there's like papers that that cite it as that. But the, I don't know, maybe the slang title now is is hop creep or the the more well known title. But hop creep, it's it's something that I, I think has been studied and, and was studied for quite a while before it really came into the limelight in the last excuse me a couple of years but uh yeah a, a few breweries have been hit really hard with it and and uh, they've invested some time and money especially the ones like bells that make a lot of their money off of ipas uh, into trying to figure out what they needed to, to do to prevent that oh yeah that ass will ruin that quick <laughs> i think i think bells got hit with like over carbonation it's, it's like what their their issue was um, okay maybe i don't know what i, I can see what, that being an issue too yeah i don't think that the bell's house strain is an english strain just because its attenuation is so high um i don't i don't honestly know what it is i i, um, I mean i think i've heard that it started off as that but like i mean even okay. like w what is it wlp 007 ever use that that that's a beast of an english yeast that can go super dry does it really um, okay yeah it, it can um and it'll it will hit you with the diacetyl too if you don't give it time but but yeah who knows but maybe maybe larry will leak what uh, where the yeast strain came from now that he doesn't <laughs> have a you know unless he signed some sort of nda <laughs> he, he he's watched the show twice i know he's been in our comments twice so larry if you larry, know, give if us you the detail us, let us know <laughs> the, the people want to know that's right yeah I don't know. It's one of those things that shouldn't be that big of, I mean, for one, you know, they sell their, they sell a version of it. Plus it's like for me to try to recreate it. If you told me where it came from, how, how many generations have, did, did you change it before you banked it or, oh, yeah. you know, who knows? So yeah. you can still harvest out of like a can of Oberon or something. Exactly. So. Which is something that I've never done, but kind of want to do, even though you can buy it from Imperial, I think it would still be fun to, to harvest and, and and grow a culture from an old can or something like that. Um, 
I've never, I've never done, I've never actually harvested like an old yeast and uh, from a, from a beer and tried to build it up and use it. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the most I've done is dump, dump drags from, from sour beers, but. Mm. If I made more sour beers, that would probably be up my alley, but yeah, I, since I do just an occasional one off or when I get a claw barrel pickup there or whatever, you know, that might be the only time I really do sour stuff or occasionally Philly sour since that came out, but that's a lot less, uh, that's, that's an easy, that's a cheater way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the Philly. I, I like the new England IPAs, the sour new England IPAs that I've made with those. Um, it's, it's a really weird style and there's probably a reason why you don't see them that often. Hmm. Um, but they can be, kind of refreshing and, and neat and cool and i would love to see one occasionally on tap especially during the summer maybe, maybe not so much during the winter but i think um, bells has one on or had one on tap recently. really yeah okay um i want to say they definitely had a farmhouse ipa but then i i could have swore i saw a sour ipa when i was at a show there two weeks ago but yeah okay maybe it's my brain i'll have to go check it out oh you got anything in the uh, in the fermenter before I let you go or anything? No, I just I've been the the DME IPA. Oh, my cat Alice is uh, jumping up to say hi. <laughs> hi, Alice. And there's her tail. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, but no, I actually don't. I do need to. I probably won't brew until next, uh, at least a week from this weekend, coming weekend. <laughs> yeah. I uh I was I was a little hesitant to babysit anything or to want to have to you know remotely babysit anything too. So I kinda mm -hmm. wanted to get a mead going and then I was like, I don't know, I don't wanna mess with it if I have to do like a nutrient addition or something or look at <laughs> look at Alice Tail. But yeah, we'll see we'll see how the Eagle juice goes. But yeah. I don't know. We'll uh we're going to Hobercon in two days and we'll try to post updates. Uh we'll post pictures hopefully take some video and then we'll be back uh, a week from tonight with our post HomebrewCon show. Mm -hmm. uh, Brandon has committed to uh, coming back with us. So we'll compare what we thought HomebrewCon was going to be like versus what it was actually like, um, depending on, you know, how much we remember and we'll take it from there. So thank you all for joining us tonight. I hope you all had a great evening. This is episode 79. We'll be on episode 80 next week. It's so crazy. But uh, thank you all for sticking with us and, and everything. Uh, I, I scrolled up a little bit and almost, I thought somebody made a new comment real quick. And it was, it was just Ron talking about spandex and, and doing karate. <laughs> so I think it was harkening back to our Power Rangers discussion. But all right, everybody, have a good night. Uh, we'll catch you in a week. And uh, thanks for joining us. Good night. Yeah, Cheers. Good night. Cheers.